Welcome to the DMX Podcast Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, driving the mean streets of California, is none other than Derek Sorensen. Husqvarna's Derek Sorensen, which uh, it sounds kind of new, huh, Derek? Yeah, it's actually kind of strange to get my uh, get the brain around that. Husqvarna's been around forever, but they've been kind of out of the scene for, for some time. So uh-huh. it's uh, it's different, but it's it's very cool. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, talk about uh, talk about the gig. What, what is your what is your job there, and uh, and what's going on with Husky in the future? Um, my official title is product and racing manager. Um, so I'm basically I'm in charge of everything that we're importing uh, to the U.S., making sure that it's kind of meeting the U.S. specs and and meeting the needs of the U.S. Uh, customer. You know, uh-huh. um, and and I'm also in charge of all the the racing in the U.S. as well. Yeah, um, so it's pretty cool. But there is no racing in the U.S. right now, as far as Supercross oh, Motocross. But you're right. You're right. We currently there's no moto. Uh, we're not involved with any moto right now. Um, what I'm we are involved yeah. in off road. Yeah. Um, we've got the Ty Davis the Zip Ty team yep. uh, on the West Coast, and we sponsor the the Fred Andrews Racing Husqvarna team on the GNCC East Coast side. So. But, we're involved. I mean, we've got a good off. We've got some good, really good off-road bikes. Um, we're we're waiting a little bit on the moto side until we can feel confident that we got a, a good bike to, to introduce on that. Yeah. Uh, is so. Is there a future there? You think somewhere down the road? No, absolutely, there is. Um, oh, that's cool. Depending on who you ask, it, it would be different timing. But I mean, there's there's definitely the plan to to race supercross motocross in the in the near future. That'd be cool. Now the bikes are pretty trick. They're actually pretty pretty trick looking. Um, they just haven't you know they haven't uh, haven't broken through. But you know the last time we saw Husky was the Fast by Ferracci team and Travis Preston yep. won a race and Steve yep, Lampson yep. had well, some decent results and you know it wasn't wasn't a horrible program or anything like that. You know like I think it was a little bit uh, no. underrated. So it, it was just I think from my understanding it was just poorly timed. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, Husqvarna was going through some changes, and, and they were sold. Um, but as of 2007, they were bought by BMW. Um, so BMW is very committed to getting a quality, a, a high-end bike and a, and a good quality bike out there and, and to be successful in, in racing and in, in sales worldwide. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, the bikes are cool, huh? Yeah, no, they, I dig them. I mean, they... It's funny with the background I have with, with KTM. I mean, they obviously right. have a mixture of European flavor to them and then, you know, but combined with the Japanese, you know, as well. So it's it's really cool. they got a lot of the really high-quality uh, stuff coming stock on them, um, you know, like Rambo uh, right. hydraulic clutches and brakes and the Krapovich exhaust. And, I mean, it's really cool. they got a really high-quality product. Right, right. Um, so, hey, before this, you were uh, you were a team coordinator i guess on the rockstar suzuki team um which you know has uh, ryan morris and martin davalos and jason anderson how, how was that experience for you it was it was a transition experience for me i mean it was something i mean they, bill keith uh, before he left there he built a really really strong program um and he brought me on just before he left uh, so i mean i think that team has an incredible amount of potential and I think it's in a situation where it can be one of the leading life teams uh, in the industry right now mm-hmm. um, but I mean for me unfortunately I, I I felt bad when I left I hadn't been there very long um, and I was just you know getting 
kind of getting into a groove with the team owner, Bobby Hewitt. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, it just was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Um, I never went there intending to leave. I really wanted to, to help that program. But uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just timing, I suppose. Yeah. Did, did you uh, did you enjoy it? Like, you know, you've, you've run some teams yourself. So on the Rockstar Suzuki team, you were taking a little bit of a back seat. Did, did, you, uh, did you enjoy it? I mean, I enjoyed a lot of it. I mean, there was mechanics there that I'd known from, from before. Mm-hmm. It was cool to, to work with those guys. There was riders there that I've known from before. So it was really nice to, to be able to deal with those guys again. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I wasn't needed there in the role that I obviously wanted to right. play. Um, but, I mean, it was, a, it was an evolving role, too. So, I mean... Bobby didn't know me really from before. He knew of me a little bit, so I know that, that he, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be any different. I'm not going to just turn over the keys to to basically my baby to somebody I don't really know straight away. Right, so right, right. I know that, like I said, we, we were evolving. We were getting along a lot. You know, our, our relationship evolved over the few months that I was there, and I, I know that it was going in a good way, but yep. unfortunately I, I just, you know, I couldn't stay around. So Yeah. So uh, uh, when the how, how did the Husky offer come around? Did they did they contact you out of the blue? I know there's a few other key industry people that have, have made the switch there recently. Like yep. there's some momentum going for Husky. There's some things building. How did the deal come together for you? I mean, I'm sure you didn't like you said you didn't like to leave the team in the middle of the year. Right. No. I mean, for sure not. But it's something that um, somebody I met back when I was in KTM, Ravel Harrison, was one of their head sales guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got along well with Ravel, and and when he made the switch to Husqvarna last fall, you know we stayed in contact, and he said, you know, I think that there there's going to be a, some opportunities here and some stuff yeah. that that would be perfect for you. So let's stay in touch, and so we kind of did that through the fall and talked about a few different things. And um, just after Anaheim won, um, actually a, a different person who who's in the industry that was looking to make a change kind of mentioned that, yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff coming on at, at right. Husky right now. You should, you should take a look at it. So I called Ravel, and he's like, yeah, here's the deal. And, yep. and uh, So, yeah, it was kind of word of mouth. Um, cool. And uh, so it, it it took a little bit, but, I mean, it, it's one of those things where being an employee of a company like BMW, um, you know, they do the things the corporate way, and they do things the thorough way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process takes a little bit longer than, oh, hey, you know what? I get a good feeling on you. Let's, you know, start tomorrow kind of right, thing. Right, so, right, right. Uh, but in the long run, it's it's a it's it's a heck of a lot more secure than a than a race team. Yeah. Uh, you know, position, and uh, I mean, it's 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 a pretty exciting and pretty cool opportunity. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pumped. And as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's the, the perfect job for me, and it's it's the most exciting job I've I've had. I was thinking to myself before I did this, I was like, man, I know you went for a while uh, looking to get back in after the Cernix Kawasaki thing folded up, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But after that folded up, you had a hard time getting uh, an industry job that you wanted, contemplated getting out of it, you know, sort of kept, kept your foot in, kept your foot out. Uh, and now all of a sudden you got a job on a pretty good team, Rockstar Suzuki, and then all of a sudden Husky's around, and when it rains, it pours, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about raining and pouring, but well, I mean, okay. I think that <laughs> drizzling, drizzling. You know, I mean, for sure, for sure, I went through some time last year. I mean, 2010 is a year that I just assume hit my head on a rock and forget. Um, <laughs> I feel a lot better, honestly. Right. Um, but 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I got through it looking back on it, but I did. And, I mean, for sure I was pretty much ready to take a job pushing broom at a, at a station because, that's, you know, there were no jobs. Plain and simple, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, sometimes I think it was me, and sometimes, I, I mean, I like to convince myself that there just were no opportunities out there. And, and in the end, you know, there was there was opportunities that, that came and went, and I was bummed that I didn't have an opportunity, you know, a chance at it. But in the end, it was just as well because, uh, honestly, I would have left anything I have ever had or had the opportunity of for this, this chance that right, I have now. Right. So. Yeah, funny how that works. Um, yeah. Hey, in so, hindsight, everything works out the same. So, I mean, it's yeah. easier in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, where are you from in Canada, just so people know? I mean, I know where you're from, but... <laughs> Yeah, and we won't use your description of where I'm from. Um, I'm from Saskatchewan, uh, right in the middle, basically right above North Dakota, Montana. Yep. Um, it's, it's about as flat as you can ever find in any place in the world. Um, yep. Big farming, big farming area. It gets ridiculously cold in the in the winter, and, and actually gets pretty dang hot in the summer. And it's always windy. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of sounds- like Victorville, I guess. Yes. But flat <laughs> and cold. But yeah, you're right. And your brother yeah. and your brother uh, uh, Darren, of course, uh, um, wrenched for Chad Reed for many years. I worked with him. Uh, he's been a mechanic for a long time. Now he's working at KTM in the PR department and uh, one of the sports good guys, along with you. So let's get that out of the way. Um, how is old rookie doing? Really good, actually. He's he's staying pretty busy. He's actually doing a lot of bicycle racing right now, which is pretty crazy. I mean, the guys. I don't know. I should... Right. You got to work that hard to go up the hill. I just don't see the, the benefit from it, but <laughs> I I commend him for it. He, he's a he's a bad dude, that's for sure. His new gig is pretty cool. It's, it's kind of funny. We've been we've been bumping into each other out at the tracks during the week right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the PR and, and testing work, and I'm starting to do a little bit. Last week we were doing some uh, model year 12 suspension testing, mm-hmm. and uh, so we bumped into him a few times. So it's really cool, like that. It's just you know, it's kind of a bummer. Before when I was off the road. Not with the racing program. He was traveling with racing, and then vice versa. There was a couple of years when he was off the road, and I was going to all the races. And it's kind of a bummer when you don't get to hang out with the people you like to on the weekends, or you yeah. you feel that you're you feel like you're missing out on something when everybody's gone. But but now that him and I are off on the weekends both at the same time, it's cool. We get to hang out, or you know, what I mean, it's just different. It's a lot more low key and it's a lot more relaxing. And we get to enjoy dirt bike yeah. next a lot more. I feel like your brother. I, I've talked to him a little bit here and there. I need to do one of these with him, actually, too. But I, yeah, I, fe- sure. I feel like he's happy to be out of that meat grinder. Would you agree with that? You know, he's, I think he's tore. I mean, he's, he, he'll work 12 hours, no, 12 days a week, 30 hours a day just to be at the races. I mean, he right. loves, I, mean right. I love being at the races, too. That's my favorite place in the world, don't get me wrong. But he just misses, misses, misses really bad being at the races. Um, but I think he also really enjoys the, the place he's in. He's got a good group of guys that he gets along awesome with, and people that, that are like-minded, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's yeah. something to be said for being, you know, in your 40s, like I am and he is, and, and, and being on the road and all anybody wants to do is go get drunk every night and, and hook up with different chicks every night, and it's like, yeah. it's cool for a while. Sounds like fun. That That mentality, but then, you know, after 10 years, it's like, you know what? Yeah. I kind of want to hang out in my hotel room. And and it just it gets old, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it tires you out, and, and it's just a, it's a group of people that are great people, but they just, they've got different priorities in life. So now I think he's with a group of guys that, that are, you know, got 
different plans, and they like going out to the river in the summer, and they like you know riding the dirt bike during the week and, right. and working hard and, and doing a good job. And it's just a, it's kind of a different. But I know he really misses being a parade a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, all right. So maybe I was a little wrong then. Yeah, I mean it's it's good and bad. You know what I mean? It's like he, I think he's in a much better place. The quality of life is way better. Um, and it's a good place for him, but I think right. it's going to take a while to get used to him. He just, you know, he's been traveling so many friggin' years being at the races. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard, you know what I mean? You don't know any different. You, all your people you know and hang out with her at the races. Yeah. All the, you know, you, you take a weekend off. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, when you're working at the races. You take 15 races in a, in a row, and then you get a weekend off. You're like, man, I can't wait to have a weekend off. You know, I'm going to do so many things. And then you get a weekend off, and you're like, <laughs> uh, what do I do? You know what I mean? Here, here's what I I've don't, I don't want to do. Here's what I've learned about it, and I've done it. I've been doing it for for uh, fifth, longer, 16, longer, yeah. 16 years now. They yeah. they still drop the gate on Saturday nights, whether you're there or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. you feel like your you feel like yeah, your yeah. sense of importance belongs at that stadium on a Saturday night. But you know what? In the grand scheme of things, that gate's dropping. No one's holding it up because you're not there, and you feel oh, like you know what? Absolutely. I'm, yeah, like you. You do get a sense of I need to be there. I need to be there. I gotta be. But you know what? You don't. But for your for yourself more than for anybody else. Yeah. Obviously. It's yeah. Like yeah. a sense of accomplishment for yourself and like a sense of yeah. You know what I mean? It's like working for a rider, being a mechanic. It's a completely different idea. It's a completely different mindset than being like an engine guy where you don't really mm-hmm. have you're not really responsible for one specific guy, so you don't have the highs and lows. Yeah. And then you know when you're team manager, same thing. It's like. It's a completely different mindset. I mean, the highs and lows of dealing with one specific rider as a mechanic, I mean, it's something that, that when you win a race, you'll never, ever match. Yeah. And when yep. you lose and the bike blows up and you got to push it off from a mud race, you're, you're never, ever going to miss that either. So yeah. it's, it's different, you know? Yeah, I, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, nothing beats, and I've only done it a few times, but nothing beats winning as a mechanic, oh, you know, uh, having yeah, a rider yeah. that does that. And, um of course, we can all talk about summer costs and you know <laughs> Mount Morris, but even like hey, even hey, win, even semi races, even semi races, you know whatever, even a semi heat race, you know, yeah, or whatever. It's still it's win. still cool, but uh, sure. yeah, I, I do find myself much more grounded now as a, as a media guy than I did as a mechanic. Not the ups and downs, you know, like you speak Absolutely, of. Absolutely, yeah. So, it's hey, um, a lot of Canadians may know you from the uh, Cernix Kawasaki team. That how long did you do that gig for? Did you manage that team for? Was it three, three years? Three years? Yeah, I was, was going to say three yep. years. Yeah. Uh, you did the uh, the weird combination of U.S. Supercross and Canadian Nationals, and uh, it was different and it was cool. And and what did you take away from that whole experience? Uh, Billy Whitley owned a team. Did, did you enjoy your time there? You know what? Those to this point were probably the best three years of my life. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a deal that. It was, I mean, managing a team was something that I had always, that was like the, the goal. That was what I always wanted to do. Um, Billy gave me that opportunity. Awesome guy. I think of Billy as like a big brother. You know, he's like my brother, but a little more, well, at times more mature. At other times, a little more crazy. But uh, Billy's a good dude. Um, I, I wish that never would have come to an end, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Uh, we got along awesome. I think we've worked together awesome. And, I mean, he, he put a lot of faith in me, and he, he let me, you know, drive the car. I mean, we talk, you know, ten times a day typically, but more often than not, we're on the same page. And, and yep. even if we weren't, most of the time he, he took it and let me run with it. And, and, and you know, 
let me, you know, work with my decisions, which, I mean, I really appreciate. And I learned a lot under him, too, about different things that I, you know, I didn't know and didn't understand about running a team and stuff. So it was a really, really good experience. Um, I think when when we started to go to Canada, I was I was a little bummed at it. Yep. You know, my, my heart was in American racing all around. Um, we obviously got treated very, very well in Canada from Kawasaki for Monster. Um, you know, the CMRC, everybody there, I mean, the other teams. I mean, we, we had a lot of success, too, which was awesome. And I think I... I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have uh-huh. um, because it came at a time when I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be doing what I was doing. But right. I think that was just stupid of me in, in hindsight, <laughs> again. Yeah. But the second year was good. Um, by the third year, you know what? I, was, I really enjoyed 2009 up there, like, personally, because the cool thing was for me is that my parents were both retired by that point. Uh-huh. And in a nine-race series, I think they came to either three or four of the events. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the with the the fifth-wheel camper trailer, um, they they got to know you know the guys at TMRC, Brett, and uh, they ended up parking them. I mean, literally a stone throw from where we parked our semis. So I mean, after practice on a Saturday, I just walked down there and kicked my shoes off. To, Sit out underneath the canopy in my parents' right. camper and have a have a panel beverage and just I mean spend time with my family and barbecue at night and you know it, it was yeah, it like, was a really 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 fun summer and and last summer I missed it a, a whole lot I mean not just that part right but all the people on the east coast that you know got to be such good friends with and all the people out you know way out west that I got to be good friends with I mean definitely it. I learned to to appreciate it for what it is, and let's uh, let's not forget too. Really good experience. Let's not forget too. The summers in Canada are beautiful for the most part, all across the country. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it can it can break a hundred degrees there, no problem. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And the the series come really, really good. I mean, it was great when we started, and it and they made a few changes, and and that was what's cool about Valleybrass up there with CMRC. He listened to the teams, and and you know, he's not scared to make a change. You know, between races that, that everybody feels of it, if everybody felt that it was for the better, right. he made the change. You know, he wouldn't wait till the end of the year and then, you know, in the offseason make changes. He'd make running wow. changes, and that was what's really cool. He listened to the teams and he listened to the riders. Well, there was, the, about the, guy. There was the, the yellow flag docking thing that went on for quite a while, <laughs> and it cost your but team all, at one point. You know what? It only went on for two races, and then by the third race, he changed it because, yeah. you know, there was there was a problem with it. But you know what? They changed it to what it was initially because there was a different issue. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was just one of those things that evolved, and, I mean, everything evolves, and, and you get different perspectives. And, yeah. and you don't – it's like you don't really realize there's a problem with a part until you break it, right. and then it's like, oh, yeah, we've never it. broken it like that before. I guess that right. we need to do something about that. And then you change it, and then it, it – Changes everything else. You know what I mean. Everything has a cause and effect. So. Yeah. Let's uh, let's run down your riders. Your first year, you had Paul Carpenter, and Jeff uh, and Jeff Gibson. Uh, you won and it. And you won the title. And, the outdoors, and you won the title. The we also had uh, Tucker Hibbert. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So you won yep. the title. Yep. You won the MX1 title in Canada with Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, which yep. was really cool. Uh, breaking Blackfoot's string of eight million titles in a row. Um, <laughs> the next year, you had Dusty Clatt and Carpenter. Um. Carpenter and Dusty Car- Clad and no no Dusty Clad and uh, Jeff Gibson in 2008. Did you have Carpenter and Supercross? Nope. You Dusty didn't? year Carpenter did his own deal. 
Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So then you had Carpenter. I thought it. Yeah, you're right. So Gibson and Clatt, and then the and next then we year had you got Car- in Canada as well that year. Right, and then the next year you had Carpenter back, Supercross, Canadian Nationals, and uh, and um, help me out here. And Bob Bobby Canari and Bobby Canari, uh, Jack Carpenter and Heidi. Right. So oh, yeah. and and Supercross, the one year Carpenter was doing pretty good until he racked himself up. Um, yeah, 2009 again, that, yeah. Was that nine? Yeah, he uh, he was on it. He was, uh, you know, going pretty good. I feel like that crash actually kind of changed Paul's, Paul's career. Would you agree? I, I, I would agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was, was never the was same after point. San Diego? Yep, and you know, it was a, it was a crappy deal. Um, it's one of those things where he got past in the last frigging corner of his qualifier. He just left the door open, didn't realize. I think it was uh, Summy was right behind him. I don't think he, he had just passed him, and I don't think he realized that Summy was still that close. And Summy just wanted it more, and he passed him right back. So he went to the LCQ, and the LCQ, I think he high-sided in the first turn and took the bar to the ribs. And uh-huh. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, you know what, I'll just sort it out. You know, bummer, shitty, I'll just sort it out in the LCQ, kind of like, right. honestly, what I feel Villapoto did a race or two ago. Yeah. Like, you know what, eh, I'll just go through the LCQ. And it, it made a difference. It didn't work out like he planned. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but you did win the Canadian title with Paul. And talk about that summer. How how was that? That that thing uh, it went pretty good. He won a lot of races. He uh, they got a little sketchy at some points, but uh, came away with the title. He's from New York. They get sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, you're right. Smash is their middle name. Yeah, but you know what? In 2007, it, start to finish was a very good year. I mean, it was a very stressful year because of the learning curve, and and we changed from light spikes to, to 450s at the last second, and we decided to go to Canada at the last second. But, I mean, Supercross for us was very successful. I mean, between Jeff and Paul, mm-hmm. 17 races, I think we had 14 or 16 top 10s between the two of them. Right. So, I mean, they, they both had a ton of top 10s. Paul finished top 10 in the series. That was, I mean, for us, was a really big deal. Um, and then we went to Canada. You know, everybody had, the ball was rolling. Everybody felt really strong. We had awesome bikes, and uh, you know, we started off straight away mm-hmm. uh, very strong. I mean, we almost finished 1-2 in the end. I mean, only missed by a couple of points. And that, again, I mean, I'm sure Jeff would have would have made some decisions yeah. differently. during. I mean, just one position, I mean, it's just all it would have taken, basically. We finished 1-2. So, I mean, it was a fantastic summer for us. Um, you know, Tucker won some races. He had some bad luck. He should have won the East. For the West uh, uh, 250 Championship. Yeah, I think he had the best speed, if I remember right. the fastest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, it was just a great, great, great year for us. And and it's kind of when we had a bad year in 2008, it's it's a bummer. Billy (laughs) warned me, he's like, you know what? He's like, you're screwed now because, (laughs) you know, we we had such a great year. He goes, you know, it's not going to be like that every year. You're going to be bummed. So, um. Uh, yeah, and then, and then the, the next year you had uh, Dusty Clatt come on, um, yep. uh, which which you know we all as Canadian fans we all yourself included we all wanted to see Dusty do well, but man, it just didn't work out, huh? W- what's your thoughts on that whole situation? He did not have a good Supercross series, and then he comes up to Canada and he is a shell of his former self. I mean, he's getting thirds and fourths and fifths, but right, right, you know. and I, you know what, it's. Same thing. It comes back to an injury before Supercross even started. He mm-hmm. he watered it pretty hard and hurt his shoulder and and I mean you can ask 
all sorts of people, not just, I mean, not, you know, with Dusty, I mean, the same thing happened to, you know, a Ben Townley or, a, right. you know, a, you know, a Tyler Rattray. I mean, they're world champs, but Supercross is a bitch. And when you get hurt, you get scared. And, and it takes a while to come back from that, you know, a year or two. I mean, Townley came back, won championships, Tyler, guys winning races, same thing. But they took a few years to do that. And, you know, Dusty, unfortunately, didn't have that that opportunity to take that time. He had to jump straight back into it. Um, and, I mean, I think he was comfortable on his bike, but, I mean, Supercross, it'll beat up your confidence in a real, real hurry. And, uh, you know, it's tough. And then I think, honestly, I think, and I don't think he would argue with me, that when we went to Canada that summer, I think he he was not prepared for the level of competition that, yeah, do you think he had it? He took it for granted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, yep. th- you think he had it? Uh, he, he thought he that he speed. had it. Yeah. He had the speed. I mean, the guy was up front. He won some motos before he jacked himself in the Nimo again. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he was in shape. I don't think he expected that he had to ride the right. full moto at race speed. I think you know he was thinking it was 2006 and mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and that he just had to ride you know 10, 15 minutes and get a gap and then cruise. So. Yep. He had speed. He just got. I think he just got caught with his pants down. Hey, what? Was, yeah, yeah. Um, couple questions. A couple more on that team. Um, what was it like working with? Now we know Canari's one of the Canari's one of the top shelf dudes in the sport. No doubt about it. Great guy. But yep. what was it like working with Carpenter, Canari, Gibson, even Jack Carpenter, and trying to convince them, or 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 not 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 convince them, but what was it like saying, hey? I know we're doing super costs, but now we got to go to Canada and do the nationals. I, I need you guys to, hey, this is not going to be a walk in the park. I need you to focus. It's going to be tough because it is. I mean, what was it like? What what were some of those guys' reactions to you during the years of the Canadian series? Like, or did they always think of it as just like, ah, whatever? Like, you know, talk about that. Well, it was a good, I think everybody saw it as a good deal. The first year was the trickiest because. When we hired Paul and Jeff, it was Supercross only deal. We when we hired them, there was no, it was nothing planned after May mm-hmm. in, in in the summertime. So, right. you know, there was always the the thought that you know maybe something would come through, but there was never any promise. And we were up front with them straight away. So, I mean, when the opportunity came up, they were pumped. They yeah. knew they could go up there because I mean they they've all been to Canada. They've all seen that series. I mean, they're they're Northern American type type people. Then. They're not far from Canada, so right. they were aware of the situation. They were aware that they could make a good amount of money as well. And I, I know Paul doubled his 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 income that year because of going to Canada, and, and Jeff had a very good year too because yeah. of going to Canada. So, so in that year, it was good. It, it was no big deal. The next year, obviously, we had Dusty. He was keen to go back and show people that he was still a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff had a good year, so he was looking forward to going back. And then the third year, I mean. Obviously, uh, uh, Paul was familiar with the, the scene, so he knew what to expect. And then, being that that uh, Jack and and Bobby and him were really good yeah, friends, they already knew. You know, he was able to he was able to give them you know explain to them and give them heads up and all that kind of stuff. And yep. and the, everybody was was pumped to go to Canada at that point. Right. Um, how how was so this? It was, it was easy for us. Yeah, it was easy. How was the support between now? Cernix was a big sponsor for you all three years, or just a couple? No, all three years. All I three mean, years. So how was the support between, like, you would go to Supercrosses, 17 races, and then how was the support yeah. for Supercross versus Canadian Kawasaki support for, 
for the Canadian Nationals, or would it all kind of just blend into one pot? Um, I mean, I guess you could say it blended into one pot. It's not fair to to either U.S. or Canadian counts hockey that it, you know, they nobody likes the idea of you know I give you ten dollars here and you go and spend it in Canada or vice versa. Right. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, we did a good job. We we had what we had and and we we did what we were asked to mm-hmm. uh, with what we were given. Uh, you know, so I mean, I know at times Billy took money of his own pocket too. So yeah, I don't think anything really overlapped so much. Um, you know, the the help that we got from Monster in Canada was specific for Canada, but we we ran the Monster colors in the U.S. as well as basically a good faith thing because they yep. took such good care of us. Um, right, and we wanted to give them as much exposure as we could and. And so it was, you know, it's just the, the support with the Kawasaki in the U.S. and in Canada was different, but mm-hmm. it it was just because they could help us in different ways. So, I mean, it yeah. was it was all good in the end. Did you have riders that you tried to hire just to be like, are you, on, are you doing Canadian Nationals? And you're like, yep. And they're like, see you later? No. No? You know what? <laughs> it's not everybody that we spoke to were, were open, especially after the first year with Paul being right. so successful up there and us winning a championship. And, and I mean, we were on Kawasaki's, which were great bikes. We had Pro Circuit support, which is, I mean, they made great suspension motor packages, so mm-hmm. nobody ever had a problem with us going somewhere, um, and they knew they could win. The only issue I ever came across were the tires we used, um, and that was like, I mean, our tire sponsor was was good to us, and we were loyal to them, and that was something where we, we didn't want to go down that road because Pirelli had always been good to us, and, and they were developing stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we weren't willing to, to let somebody use different tires. It's just, And that's, I mean, I maybe would have <laughs> flexed a little bit more, but Billy, I mean, he's a, he's an honest and loyal guy, and he's yep. like, nope, no way, that's a deal breaker. I'm not interested in dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you're running and, for and, I, and that's bottom you know, line. I, I commend the guy for that. He's a stand-up uh-huh. guy. Even if he's got a handshake deal, he won't back down on it. What he says goes. Yeah, he, Billy Whitley is a, one of the again one of the underrated people in the sport. Um, right. So he'll go without before you go without. He'll pay you out of his pocket and then worry about getting paid later, just because yeah. he wants you not to have to go without. Yeah, good dude, no doubt about it. Um, so why yeah. did it end? Just the economy? Just Billy was just couldn't couldn't get the same kind of help. Absolutely. I mean, yep. Kawasaki pulled back in the U.S. Um, you know, they pulled their support from the candidate team. They pulled their support from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we unfortunately weren't in a situation where we had other sponsors that could take up the slack or other sponsors that could fill the void here mm-hmm. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still very well supported up in Canada. So, I mean, he pulled back the American program. He moved everything back to Texas to his place where he had, he had the facility to, to put a small race shop you know, on his acreage. I mean, he could run everything out of there. Um, he could run the, the nine-race Canadian deal by himself. So, I mean, yep. yeah, he just didn't need didn't need the California shop, didn't need the California did you, <laughs> manager. And, yeah, did you think about staying on and doing a Canadian-only series? I mean, or you got, you got to pay the mortgage type deal? Well, I mean, we talked about it, but it didn't make sense for him to pay me what he was paying me right. um, for four months' work, and it didn't make sense for me to... to to do that to him or even ask that of him. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make sense for me to, you know, to, to move to, to Texas, and he understood that. Yeah, right. I mean, there, there was no hard feelings. He he kept paying me way longer than he should have kept paying me, and, and I, I appreciate that, and I always, always oh, that's uh, cool. yeah. have good, good thoughts about that. I was, he uh, always treated me well. 
I was wondering if it ended bad. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know how these things are? You know how things end? They end because things go bad. So um, it's really yeah. cool that, yeah, you and Billy are still buddies. Yeah. No, I mean, it's cool. I mean, the three mechanics we had that year, um, Glenn and Josh and, and Grant, were all good dudes. We had a really good group of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, our truck driver, Dennis, good dude. And it's kind of cool right now because all three mechanics are working for Factory Connection now, and I, I see that as a as a compliment to our program. Right. Um, it's really cool to see them all together still. I know they all got along really well. Um, and I think if you ask them, they'd all speak fairly well of, of their time with the team as well. Right. It's just one of those things where we had the perfect setup. We had a great group of guys. And if it would have continued for five more years, I'm sure all of us would have still been there for five more years because we liked it. And, and I mean, nobody was certainly nobody was getting rich off of it. I mean, right. I feel bad for the mechanics because they – they didn't get paid that well at all, but they were all good dudes, and they they loved their job, and mm-hmm. and they they would have stayed. I mean, I know they would have. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any resentment there at all. It's just one of those things where it's like, wow, it's just a bummer that it couldn't keep going. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have to go, or can we keep going? I got no, keep okay. going, dude. Um, well, I know I said you half hour, but I always I always underestimate these things. Um, so <laughs> hey. We talk about this. Uh, I talk about this with a lot of Americans that go to Canada or just Canadians that race. Now, what was the difference in the vibe between seventeen Supercrosses and nine Canadian Nationals? I mean, just uh, could it be any more different? <laughs> you know, it was different, but it was. I mean, it had its own. It had its own personality because obviously the Supercrosses, your your flights are domestic. It's quicker. It's easier to get back home during the yeah. week. It's you know, there's no border crossings. It's easier to ship stuff back and forth, so you don't have to carry as much crap. You know, going to Canada, there's a lot more weekends off. There's, you know, it's a more laid-back atmosphere. But then again, you got to deal with, you know, shipping crap, getting stuff yeah. up there, paperwork to get across the border with a truck. Um, you know, dealing with Canadian bikes and how to get rid of them at the end of the year. I mean, you yeah, know, that's true. There's a, there's a for lot the riders, of... for the mechanics, for everything. So yeah. it's just a, different, you know. That's a good point. There's a lot of uh, things that you don't think about. Um, did the truck just stay up in Canada the whole time? Yeah, it did. Um, we'd send, you know, during breaks, we'd send the, the drivers home, whether right. it was, you know, our Canadian driver at the time or American driver right. at the end. Um, during the breaks, we'd try and get them home. We'd leave the truck. Um, actually, Andre at, at OTSFS um, would let us stash our truck at his place. He was a good dude. He always helped us out with uh, border crossings and stuff with his, yeah. his company. He, you know, I mean, that's the cool thing about Canada. doesn't matter what team you're on. I mean, the Blackfoot guys all hung out with us. I mean, they... Everybody gives them a bad rap, and but they're at the races to win, and they're serious. I mean, it's just like the Honda guys here. They're all good dudes off the track, away from the races. But, I mean, when they're at the track, they're, they're there to win, and I commend them for that. I mean, I think at times in Canada, everybody's a little too slack. I think they're a little too, you know, like uh, backwood, you know, like, you know, like local race mentality. Yeah. I think yeah. on the weekend, you're there to race, and you're there to win. You know, you can still have a good time, but, I mean, it's business. Yeah. I mean, we're making a living off of it, so that's... I mean, it just has to be business at times. Yeah, I know Carpenter. He got Jack with some travel. Uh, maybe all all the New York guys did, but they they definitely got <laughs> Jack with some travel from where they live in New York, getting to Canada. For sure. yeah. it, it was tough on the West Coast, but then it made for it made up for it on the East Coast because there's like three or four events that they could drive to. So it you know it's kind of right. kind of yin and yang. And I mean, sometimes out. it's like, man, could could anything else have gone wrong? You know, it's just one of those things <laughs> where no matter what, you you're just not going to make yeah. it. <laughs> um. 
favorite Canadian round to go to every year? Uh, I'd say probably. You know, it depends for the for the track and the race and everything. I'd almost say go for dunes. I love that place. Mm-hmm. Track is track is like it looks so much fun in the morning. Right. But by the end of practice, I wouldn't want to be on it myself. Yeah. Um, great for spectating. Always had an awesome track. The guys there did such a great job. The pits were awesome. I mean, everything was great. Flying in and out of there was good. Close to the to the airport, all that kind of stuff was cool. As far as personally going to an event, I always look forward to the Morden round. Um, I always had family come to it. I had really, really good friends that lived in Manit- uh, in Winnipeg, but I always Saturday night went up to their house for a barbecue and stuff, so I miss that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just was a, a good event for me because of that. And, it, I mean, the track is awesome, too. It's a cool track. It's just out in the middle of the stakes, but, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have ridden that track for sure. Um, biggest, well, I'm a fan of the Winnipeg round also. That's the funny, the funny thing is, is that's the one I've probably attended the least. You know, like just because of the way the travel works out, I've probably gone to more than Absolutely. the least out of out of the. Yeah. Well, I've never been to Edmonton, but um, right. no, that was a cool place too. Uh, Nanaimo's back, which Carpenter should probably come out of retirement for that. I know he's loved it, so yeah, didn't everybody? Um, hey, what would you change in the Canadian Nationals if you could? Uh, one thing or a couple things that you you would do differently? In uh, I mean, certainly you have some experience uh, doing some races under your belt. So thoughts on that? Um. I'd bring back the Regina race, but that's just because I'm from Regina. I mean, I think, I think that it was a good event. I just think that, that it needed some, some work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys with the club there, they, they bust their butt. And they, I mean, they were one of the first clubs uh, in Canada that tried to do it properly. I mean, they, I remember when I was still a member there. I mean, I, I've told this story a hundred times. It's like before we even asked for a a professional race there we knew we had like a, ca- a goat trail to get to the tr- to the track from the road a lot like a lot of the other rounds do even to this day right and i mean we dumped we did dingoes we did all that kind of crap and we dumped a shitload of money to build a proper freaking road because we knew that that if we couldn't get the semis in there nobody would want to come and mm-hmm. i mean that's the thing you know you gotta if you want to take something on you got to do it properly i mean you know you can't have semis getting stuck you can't have friggin motorhomes and rental cars having a hard time getting into some of the events like morden i mean yeah you got to do it i mean you put all that work into the track and yet you don't realize that it's a freaking joke getting the vehicles in and out of i mean if it rains i mean the trucks in morden they have to sit yeah because they can't, they can't get out and i mean the only half-assed way to get in is through the, the guy's farmyard and i mean that's that's not right, right. you gotta there's a road there just make it proper Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, just entry that's all. I mean, yeah. For the most part, things are good, and and I, I dig the way that that they're the things are run up there, and Stanley Brass does a good job. And um, I mean, honestly, maybe the each event could. I don't know if it's the the promoters or if it's Stanley Brass or whatever. I mean, got to promote things a little bit better, maybe. But I mean, you got to do what you can with what you. I mean, I know you. They don't have a bajillion dollars to just dump money into billboards. Shit. So I mean, I can't wait. I, the, I can't wait for the Husky Canadian Husky attack. That's <laughs> you what, know who's going to be running? Oh, that team do I ever? ever oh, do I ever? Who's going to spearhead the uh, the Husky attack in the Canadian Nationals? <laughs> hey, uh, um, uh, I'd do that just so I got an excuse to go home in the summer right now. Yeah, really, huh? Um, biggest uh, biggest regret in your uh, in your Canadian experience, like. Uh, Oh, good. I'm glad you asked me that one. Why? Um, 
no regret. I mean, my biggest regret is that it come to an end. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, yep. that's all I mean. Um, hey, and before you did the Cernix thing, um, uh, you, you worked at KTM as a, yep. as a mechanic. Did, you worked at Factory Connection too, right? Yeah, I spent a year at Factory spent, Connection. Spent a year there. Um, what? Who? Who are the, some of the riders that you worked for that you wrenched for throughout your uh, careers there? Throughout my career, well, it started in Canada with Mitch Cook, and yep. then the year after I was with KTM, and that was uh, Steve Boniface. And then in '03 at Factory Connection Honda with Ryan Mills, uh, and then back '04 at KTM with Josh Woods. '05 with Ryan Mills at KTM. Oh six, I was the engine guy. So, yep. Did you enjoy yep. your time there? I loved my time there. You know what? I mean, KTM. I went back to KTM because it, I mean, KTM still kind of feels a little bit like home to me, and I don't know where I got that from, but it, right. I don't know why it's got like a special place in my heart for me. Um, I enjoyed it there. I mean, they took good care of me there. I mean, I really enjoyed being an engine guy. Did you? Um, yeah, you did like it. Yeah, absolutely. I miss building engines. I mean, I really dug that part of it. I mean, I miss a couple things I miss. I miss building a race bike because the thing looks just so gorgeous at the end, and, I mean, you get to put all new stuff on it. Yeah. I don't miss working on practice bikes at all. Um, and I miss <laughs> building motors because, same thing, I mean, everything's clean, everything's meticulous. I mean, I'm just an anal guy, so, I mean, I just like the detail stuff like that. Right. Um, and I like, you know, being at the races kind of in that role as well. Uh, that's kind of more my deal. Uh, and I never, I wouldn't have left there if it wasn't for the fact that I had the opportunity with Billy. So I'd probably yep. still be there building engines if it wasn't for that. It just was, again, an opportunity. I just it was something I wanted to do, and I couldn't turn. You, uh, uh, you butt heads with Brooks a little bit, though, huh? When he was there. You know what? I think everybody butts heads with Brooks when he's there. <laughs> but you know what? I I got a lot of respect for Larry. Um, I learned a lot from him. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that, I think that at times he's misunderstood, but I think it's because he's so passionate right. about what he's doing he's a racer and and he's gonna he's the same thing he'll do 20 hour days eight days a week to make things better his goal is to make things better whether he's got to figure it out whether his his staff figures it out or whether riders figure it out yeah and and i dig that about him he's he's hands-on he's not the kind of guy i've had managers who you know they just stay at the office when they go to the track they they don't really have a lot of uh, a lot to contribute, honestly, except mm-hmm. for an administrative point. Right, um, and that, that's what I dig about Larry. He'll get out there, he'll throw the gear on, he'll he'll run it through the whoops just to see what the riders are talking about because he wants to understand. And and I think that that will be sorely missed. Um, I, I think that that is sorely missed at his at that team right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're they are aware of it yet. But they're going to see it, and and I think he's going to be. I think he's a person that, that you don't realize uh, the importance of until he's not there. And same thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, we butted heads, but I think it's because we were so stubborn, the both of us. Right. Uh, it may be too much alike. And, and in hindsight, I mean, I, I learned a lot from Larry. And, and I, you know, I speak to him time to time. We're not best buds or anything, but I, I've always had a lot of respect. I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Did you, did you take some of the things you learned from him into, uh, you know, your own managing career? Absolutely. Every manager I had, I took, and I had things that I could apply, whether it was Waterhouse from Honda or Larry or Heathen or, you know, even uh, Ron Ashley from Canada. I mean, I learned yeah. stuff from every single guy. So, I mean, I was fortunate in that. So Yeah. Yeah, so, like, what did you take from each guy? Like, what did you, what did you really like about each guy? 
I mean, for sure, the stuff I just mentioned about Larry, I yep. mean, I appreciate and, and I like to have. I mean, I, I think I'm lucky because my background, I mean, I raised for 20 years at home. I mean, you know, so I've got that. And then I was a mechanic, so I've got that experience. I've been an engine guy, so i got that right. experience. You know, I always get along with my truck drivers so I can see things from their point of view. I mean, and then being a manager, so i got that experience. So I think my benefit is I can talk to the riders mm-hmm. um, and relate to them. I rode the bikes that, that were on the team that we used so I could understand the bikes, you know, because it's, it's uh, one ride is like a thousand pages of, of notes. I mean, right. you understand so much stuff just to ride the bike one. Um, I mean, Waterhouse, I learned a lot from. The guy was professional. He run a pretty tight ship. He was pretty good at delegating stuff. Yep. But that, but in, in same again, I mean, I butt heads with everybody. I'm just a stubborn bugger. Um, <laughs> but looking back, it's like, you know what? The guy was smart. I right, mean, right. there's no sense for him to be, to be counting parts in the drawers in the truck when we're yep. in those drawers, you know, seven days a week. I mean, yep. so he had us taking care of, you know, the supplies and stuff like that. It was really smart. He had bigger fish to fry. And I mean, he built that team to a pretty strong team, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been the same way. I mean, he had such a good background. He started as a mechanic and, and he Plus ran teams funny. before. He, smart funny. dude, same thing. He had the right idea, but I think at times his hands were tied, and I didn't see that until afterwards. Uh-huh. You know, obviously, we butted heads. I butted heads with everybody, but that's because I'm such a stubborn bug. Uh, Heben's funny, um, too. Heben's pretty funny. <laughs> he is. And, I mean, Heben... Awesome, awesome guy to hang out with, uh, go for dinner with. He tells stories like nobody's business. And, yeah. Um, same thing. Brooksy's a, a crap load of fun socially. I mean, yeah. we've we've done all sorts of stuff with rental cars that that I just chuckle at. And we've gotten away with, and it's pretty funny. But <laughs> the guy was—he's like wide open all the time, and it was so much fun. Yeah. So I mean, such good people for sure, all of them. Yeah. Even Ron Ashley, I still talk to Ron Ashley like. Once every other month, it's just random. We'll oh, that's just cool. Chat, text back and forth or whatever. And yep. Just a good dude, you know. Still, still good people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and like you said, you, even even your worst managers, and I'm, I don't care who who it was, you, you still learn something from them. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, for me, it, my worst was Bobby Moore. I'm just like this guy. I, I like <laughs> Bobby now. I get along with him fine. Say hi to him. Talk to him. I did not think highly of him as a manager. That's okay. He probably didn't think highly of me as a mechanic, but. Um, you know, yep. you learn something from everybody. You know, you take a little bit yep. of everything. So, Absolutely, and certain roles just don't fit certain people, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, you know what, if we'd have put ourselves in, in their shoes at the time, they're going through crap and dealing with shit that we didn't realize, obviously. Yeah. And that's, yep. I mean, that's something that I learned when I looked at it from, a, you know, from their point of view. You know, not the same team, but from that management point of view. I mean, there's just things that you you don't have control over, and... People are not going to like you for that's part of the deal. Being the bad guy. I'm sure you know your mechanics at Sternix are probably like that effing Sorensen. That well, sure. you know what I mean because yeah. they yeah. they didn't know some things that you knew or whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? I think it's hilarious in a way. I remember racing you. You know, in uh-huh. the late '80s, early '90s, in Moose Jaw, uh-huh. Wayburn, Regina. Uh-huh. I don't know where else I went because <laughs> you know I would travel to Saskatchewan to go race. And yeah, I would see, no, and I would sure. see answer gear with Sorensen. I think you wore an answer chest protector, if I remember right. Yeah, I was all answer back in the day. Were you? So I'm right, right? Darn a boots, everything. I yeah. was all about so the you white. Were... I had the white boots. Rick Sharon, Rick, Rick Sharon loved you, obviously. She had to have. Well, no, probably not, because I bought something and then I made it last like four years. Mm. I took care of myself. Anyways, stuff, what's so funny I... is, uh, and I don't know if you remember me from those days either, oh, yeah. but, but uh, here we are now. <laughs> you know, twenty it's years funny. later. Uh, uh, 
30 years. For sure. It, 30 years? No, yeah, 20, don't, 20 years. Don't 20, go there, dude. Don't go there. 20 years later, here we are. I live in Vegas, you know, a mechanic, and now in the media, yep. and you've been, you were a mechanic, team manager, and, and it's just funny to me. Two dudes, and your brother, too. I mean, we're not yep. from Toronto or Vancouver, you know what I mean? Just we're from where, yep. where from nobody nobody escapes from, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Dan but Worley. I mean, there's not there's a handful of us. There's Worley. There's, you know, I mean, there's a handful of people from that, that place yeah. that are down here now. Even... Even my buddy Ray Johnson, I mean, he spent time with Factory Yamaha and the, the Yamaha Road Race team. I mean, there's a lot of people down here from Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba, which, yeah. you know, even guys like Paul and, and Alan and Shane. and Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's just... Canadians uh, have taken over, I told you. In, in another 20 years, we're going to control this stuff. We're going to rule this world. No, I, I just, yeah, it's just I remember sitting on the starting lines with you, and now here we are. Yeah. So not not bragging or anything. It's just funny how that works, no, but it, you know? For sure, cool. And I've always thought that if, I mean, I've always had to do something that I was passionate about. I mean, it's hard for me just to do a punch clock and do a job that I, I right. don't care about. Um, and I always thought that if I, you know, if I was passionate about football or something, by now I'd be working, you know, for a, a, a football team or something like that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I, mean? I just yeah. don't see it being any different for me. And and it's funny because I know a lot of guys back home that just love moto, but you know, they're they're still at home doing other things and. For me, it's like, man, I, I could have never done that. I had no choice. I had to come down here, and I had to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. For better or for worse. I mean, it's it's stressful, but I'd never change it for anything. Yeah, I mean, you just went through a year, or not a year, but a long time without a job. So, yeah, it is stressful. And I, yeah. here's the thing I tell people, because I, I get that question asked, as I'm sure you do, and your brother and everybody. I did things that others would not. I sacrificed, yeah. man. I slept on couches, yeah. floors, yeah. Uh, not having yeah. a job, calling team managers 80 times a week to try to make sure to try to get a job i made no yeah. money my first job was you know 300 bucks a week um and i yep. know you did all the same I, I, I and you did all the exact yep. same things and uh Absolutely. you know one time my brother told me he was like you know steve i would never do what you do because i think he came yep. down to ktm days or moto triple x days or something you know and he just saw yep. the hours yep. and he saw the the sort of the half-assed way you got to do it to make it work. And he was just sure. like, I would never do that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. And that's the difference. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of guys that love it, you know, while the race is on TV or when they're out at the track, but they don't love it, you know, enough during the week to sacrifice. I mean, for sure, anything takes sacrifice, whether you're, mm-hmm. whether you're Villa Poto and you, you're, you don't get to eat, you know, fat food. You don't get to yeah. drink on the weekend. I mean, you got to work. But in the end, in your mind, it has to be worthwhile, and it was for me, and it obviously was for you, or else we were just too dumb at the time to realize, and we got lucky in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shane Drew was my gateway. He he was working for Kyle Lewis in '95, yep. and I'm like, I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. clearly, my racing career wasn't working out, and I'm like, I want to do that. And Shane's like, yep. Well, no one is going to hire you. Pick up the phone and call you in Winnipeg. If you know? you're at home, exactly. <laughs> you got to get your ass down here. Hey, uh, I know you're up in Winnipeg, but I was just thinking about you, and I really want you to come on board. Yeah. I want to pay you forty grand a year. Like, no, you know. So yeah, yeah. Can you can you come down and talk to me tomorrow? I want to talk to you about a job. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know what I mean. Okay. I even, I even went to Europe for like three months to work over there. Yeah. So uh, it's just funny how it all works out, and it's funny people don't realize the, the stuff that that some of us have gone through. And I'm sure Worley. Well, Worley stepped right into a pretty good deal. Besides Worley. But- <laughs> but he had to bust his ass too. I mean, I stepped into a pretty good deal when I came to the U.S. as well. I mean, Did you? What were you doing? But, what was your first thing? Factory KPM, Red Bull KPM. It was. So, but I, I had a, a tough year, you know, making three hundred bucks a week up in Canada the year before. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, your and first, I, your... I gave up a perfectly good government job in the meantime, and I was kicking myself, going, "What did I do, man?" But yeah, I mean, we never. I mean, you, I'm sure, when you when you were looking at that in '95, going, "That's what I want to do." You know, you didn't see where it was going in the end, but you knew that that's where you wanted to start. Mm-hmm. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. You got to start at the bottom. Yeah. No, absolutely. I didn't know you stepped in Red Bull KTM. Take everything back. I just said. <laughs> Trust me, I, I've, I've I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I but, but I, I, I was lucky too. I got to ride in on the backs of you know my brother. I mean, he right. had been here for a few years, and, and we had a good reputation. And people liked yeah. him. And your brother started out. More, yeah, your brother started more personable than I am. Started out welding pipes at Pro Circuit for no money, from what I understand. Yep, pretty right. much. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Pro Circuit. I worked, you, you know. know, I worked for a couple months there during the winter. I took off and, mm-hmm. and spent down here, and I was making more a week than he was, and I was busting open suspension, but. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, he learned a crap load there too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny. Uh, favorite rider you've worked for? Mills. That's easy. I, sh- I should have just called that the biggest but, rider you know, Mills fan it, in the it's world. It's a close one with with Mitch. I mean, yeah, same thing. Good, good kids. Mm-hmm. So much talent. Really got along good with them, and I, I mean, I still. They're like brothers. You know, they're like little brothers to me. But yeah. I mean, obviously, with Mills, we had a little bit of success and. Right. And, uh, I got a chance to spend more time with, um, so with, yeah. With Mills, yeah, I know you're a big Mills guy. I know this. Yeah, of course. If it's he like had, you if he had had his life on on career on track, he would have been in Canada. That was definitely a prediction of mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I think he would have never had problems down here if he would have had his stuff in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, huh? Um, well, cool, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for doing this. I feel like we could go on for another hour, but uh, let's try to wrap this yeah. thing up. So. Um, yeah, you and I, we can always talk and talk and talk, so it's, yeah. it's no problem. It's yeah, anytime. Uh, good luck with the Husky thing. I know I'll be seeing you around, and uh, um, I, I have a feeling, and not from you. I heard it from somebody else in the industry. Husky's <laughs> coming. Husky's coming. So um, Husky's I got a, coming I got sure a feeling we'll see you uh, maybe at a track or with somebody uh, shortly. And uh, thanks for yep. doing this, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, Steve. All right. See you, man. Take, take it easy, buddy. Bye. Bye.